Hey, what's up out there? This is Japan Nick. What's up, man? Is this Mattia? Yes, this is me. Awesome. Good to hear from you, man. Good to hear from you. Thanks for uh, having me. Now, um, anyways, tell me a little bit about yourself as like a musician for my listeners out there. Well, I was born and raised in Italy, so I'm actually Italian. Um, I've been living in the Bay Area since I was 29, so I was I was well into my adulthood when I moved here. Um, I actually uh, got into playing music uh, fairly late. Like I didn't like have a band when I was in my teens. I didn't have a band when I, when I was in my early 20s. My first band happened after I finished I finished college. So um, I'm actually pretty like older than the average than the musicians uh, my peers who are in bands. On average, they're all like in their 20s or you know. But yeah, my first band in Italy was called Atoll, and it was a, a noise rock band similar to Dazzling Kill Men Unsane. Um, it was kind of angular and noisy hardcore. So that was cool. It, the band never went anywhere. We played like five shows and then broke up, but it was fun. What was it like being like a metal fan in Italy uh, back then? I, and back then, like today, Italy is kind of a strange place. It's a little bit, uh, it's a long peninsula in the Mediterranean. So bands kind of just tour the north where it's closer to the mainland. Uh, the rest of the country is almost entirely cut out from cool tours. There's a lot of like unwilling musical ignorance where a lot of kids just follow the wrong things or like music just, yeah. just because it's harder to access the good stuff, I guess, or be exposed to it. If you're into more extreme underground experimental stuff, you kind of like are like a black sheep and it's harder to find people to go to shows with or... This is at least where I'm from, which is central Italy. In the north, in cities like Milan or Bologna, there's big punk and metal scenes, but they're still small in comparison to like scenes like here in the Bay Area or in New York City or in Chicago or, or the northwest. So I see. How long has your label, Sentient Ruin, been around for? The label's been officially around since 2014. Um, however... The first release happened under a different name two years prior in 2012. So the first the first one was an isolated experiment, and then two years later there was a second release. This time, you know, the the label had like a, a website, an online store, it had a logo, it had a, an actual like definitive name. So in a nutshell, that's that's it. How did the band Abstractor form? Oh, Abstractor formed, uh, it was formed by me and the guitar player. Me and him have been in the band since day one, and we've been the only constant members and the only founding members left. Uh, when I moved here from Italy, obviously I had to, I was forced to quit my band there, Atoll. But when I moved here and I decided to, to stay here, I decided to get immediately back into playing music. So I found Robin, the guitar player on Craigslist, and we we both really, really liked, and we still like Godflesh, and just realizing that we both liked this band a lot kind of 
made us want to like explore working together. So that was Godflesh was what made us meet basically. So yeah, and then we've had a revolving door of, of bassists and drummers. And uh, who knows, maybe one day we'll have permanent members. Maybe it'll just continue like this, we don't know. How involved in the songwriting are you? Uh, me and Rob, well, because because the members have changed so often, like, uh, we've had, the band was formed in 2010, so it's seven years old, and there's been, since then, there's been three drummers and three bass players. Um, it's been hard for the other members of the band be active in writing stuff just because they haven't been in the long, in the band long enough. Mm-hmm. So me and Robin have always been writing everything and it's usually me and him. We kind of brainstorm about our next song, what we want to do, what we want it to sound like. And he plays some things on guitar and then I kind of, I kind of participate in that with him and I, I tell him if it sounds good or if it doesn't, if he's on the right path or not. And then we kind of like constantly steer the this, this songwriting in the, in the direction we want a little bit at a time. And aside from that, I write all the lyrics and um, I, I, I'm the one who like studies most of like the artwork and kind of like the band's exterior image or presentation, let's say. Tell me a bit about the song To Vomit Crows. I actually was playing that about 15 minutes ago. So that song is a, is a song from our first record, Tomb of Feathers, that came out in 2012. And um, back then, uh, Abstractor was a completely different band from what it is today. Uh, when, when the band formed and that album was written, it was the result of the the founding members who had literally years of riffs and ideas piled up in their heads that were remained unexpressed that album came really fast heavily influenced by a lot of music that we don't necessarily listen to anymore or has taken the back seat in comparison to other things so that whole album as a whole is like it has a very sad sound and the the sadness made it turned it into a fairly melodic album. And because of that, it shows that there's hope. The lyrics were very personal and intimistic because, you know, it was just stuff I had floating in my head for years that remained unwritten. And so when Abstractor formed, I kind of like put it all down on paper. And that song specifically, like the whole album was inspired by uh, mental disease not uh thankfully not anything that had to do with me but with some people that were in my life then and the way that mental disease consumes you and the ones around you and the vomit crows is basically about uh, literally scavenging for normality swallowing your own self to fit in with society and with your friends and family but how ultimately uh, everything that you bottle up inside eventually just like pours out of you and you can't ha- hold it back anymore. So that's what the song's about. And, and uh, it, it, was, it was a very personal album with personal lyrics. Today, Abstractor's lyrics deal mostly with like the outside world. They don't deal with like 
my inside world, but like the outside world, like mankind and and things pertaining to the universe of men. So it's way more. The music today is angrier, darker, and definitely more hopeless. Is that kind of like the same thing for your song Baratham, or do you have something else you'd like to say on that tune? Yeah, Baratham is basically Baratham means abyss and. Everything that Abstractor has done from Wound Empire onward is just about mankind and and the torture that mankind inflicts on planet Earth and how ultimately this torture is going to turn against mankind and just disintegrate it. And so Berthrom is essentially about the Earth literally swallowing mankind. It has nothing to do with like personal feelings or or me as a person. For your label... Like, what type of bands do you like to support, and how do you pick out these people for you to end up deciding, hey, I'm going to put out some cassettes of your work? It's a difficult process because there's way more things out there that I love that I'd like to be involved with, but, like, financially, that's not possible, obviously. So it's like a kind of like a choosing game of, you know, what is the most meaningful. But a lot of the bands are friends of mine, so it's like a way for me to be involved with my friends' crafts and their art. That's like the main goal, like support, you know, spread the word about stuff that my buddies are doing that's awesome, that deserves support and recognition. But, you know, obviously I've also released stuff by bands that I didn't I didn't know personally, that I just discovered through the music. And, and that, in that sense, it's just like, you know, the answer is pretty simple, like... You're just like, damn, this, this stuff is so good. Like, you know, you, you like it so much that you want to, like, somehow, like, be a part of it. You know what I mean? That you want to, like, have your little role in it and and have the honor of the band saying, you know, you take this from here and, and present it to the world for us, you know? So it's, like, it's a mixture of admiring your friends and also, like, just being super nerd on music and wanting to be involved any way you can possibly can in cool music. What type of promotion do you like to use to promote like uh, the word of your releases? Well, usually I'll, I'll, I'll pitch the releases to various blogs and ask them if they'd be down to like stream a track. And uh, I kind of know the blogs and I know what they like, what they don't like, so... It's kind of like a self-taught kind of thing. You you learn as you go. Sometimes they're down, sometimes they're not. They're either they don't like the music or they don't have room or they don't have space. Um, but usually, like, promotion is all done online these days, so there's uh, a lot of different options. All you have to do is learn, you know, learn the different levers to pull to make it happen, and that takes a lot of time. And uh, Sentient Druin definitely takes up a lot of uh, my day, for sure. It's not like it's not like a pastime hobby anymore. So what are some cool blogs that you found have been uh, very supportive of your work, as well as your label's work? I mean, there's been, like, everyone from Terrorizer to Decibel Magazine have featured my stuff. Uh, the cool blogs have been, who've been supportive have been Death, Death Sparrow, Echoes and Dust. Uh, this Italian blog called For the Kids. Cultination features my stuff regularly. 
uh, Invisible Oranges has featured my stuff. No Clean Singing has featured my stuff. I mean, I've, I've worked at this point. I've been working for a, with a bunch of different blogs, and Nine Hertz has been really supportive. I think they're from the UK. Um, so yeah, there's it varies, and every I run into new people at every release who like you know want to get involved, or that I find out through other labels releases, and I ask them if they want to be involved, and it's always going and changes and and then you know like blogs one day they're here one day they're not you know it's always changing i learned from your of your label from uh the band petrification that has chris nukes in it yeah. and i've seen the band raptor perform live what are some of your favorite albums that you've put out recently i know you're putting out the petrification album i'm really excited about that one yeah yeah it's a it's a great uh it's a great uh, first release for that band. Like, not many bands can pull that off, like making a first release that's so sick. That's always the weird question because you don't want to have a uh, favorite, ch- favorite child kind of thing and say, oh, I like this release more than this one. I mean, all the bands are, like, awesome. Um, but if I would have to pick one from 2016 that really meant a lot to me was the Unyielding Love, um, the Sweat of Augury EP, just because the band is so young. Those guys are so young, and they're from Belfast in Northern Ireland, which is not a very hip place. Um, and they're, they're, you know, they're totally new. Nobody's ever heard of them. Uh, they're so young, and they're, but their music is just speaks in a way that you know, few bands have that expression. They're they're just like their music. It's mind-boggling to be that young and play such punishing music. It's like it's not normal. You know. What do you think is the main appeal of cassettes come 2017? I think cassettes. I mean, first of all, cassettes are like the double-edged sword. Like, it's really easy to make your own home-dubbed cassettes, but they sound like crap. And they're pretty worthless, in my opinion. But a professionally dubbed cassette made by a professional tape manufacturer sounds great. It has great dynamic range, and it has qualities that are similar to vinyl, in my opinion. They have loud, bassy sound that sounds very earthy and organic. Um, And, you know, it's an analog uh, format. So, you know, people who are into vinyl know the the analog sound and um they're cheap and to, to be totally honest cassettes are like fun because you know you can have them laying around the house they're really resistant and durable sunlight and heat are their only enemies other than that you could like throw them against the wall and nothing would happen they're fun to have they're small you can you can get really crazy with the packaging because they're cheap so you can like make really fancy stuff. And, you know, I think they have a different sound from MP3s and streams. and They're a different thing. Mm, they're nice to collect, and they definitely bring out the nerd in you, I have to say, like in a similar way that vinyl does. You're playing at this year's Famine Fest, coming around with your band Abstractor. Can you tell me a bit about the set list you're going to be performing there? Uh, we'll play two of two, the two songs that came out on the split we put out in 2016 with Dark Circles. 
And then those songs are about 10 minutes each, so that's 20 minutes right there. And then we'll play one more song that's new and unreleased. Abstract was a weird band, like, we never play the, we, at a certain point, when, once we've written a new song and it's ready to be played live, it, it replaces an older song from the set. And basically every song on Tomb of Feathers or Wound Empire, we, we don't play them live anymore and we probably won't play them live anymore. What kind of merch will you guys be carrying with you for the fans that are hitting that up that uh, need to get physical copies of your work? Uh, we'll have two different t-shirts designed and we'll have the, the Wound Empire record, which we have, I think, seven or eight copies left of. It's a 12-inch uh, LP and we'll have the 12-inch LP uh, Dark Circle split that, we, that came out last year. Would you like to go back to any questions? Um, yeah, what's the story with the radio show? Okay, well, check it out. My radio show, Japan X Rock and Metal Pandemonium, uh, been doing that since about 2010. Became uh, DJ of the Year in 2011, got some stuff onto Blabbermouth. Uh, decided to fly out to Texas to check out my favorite metal band, the band that made me fall in love with metal, Rigor Mortis. And mm -hmm. um, after that, I was able to get an interview with the OG drummer of Overkill Rat Skates, and that made me a published writer with Aquarian Weekly, and just started checking out things like, say, Maryland Death Fest, and then explored into the West Coast scene a lot more worldwide, too, oh. and eventually came into contact with a, a member of Cemetery Lust, who is on Head Split Records, and that kind of how you say taught me about what's going on in the Pacific Northwest. And I actually ended up visiting the Famine Fest two years ago and just really just trying to take things to a new level. Also starting to write for zines and stuff like that too. I mean like Head Split, Soul Grinder in Allentown, PA, as well as also a couple of stories in the new Bulldozer from LA. Uh, I got Witch Haven, Uwada, and Bewitcher. As you can tell, I really love like the black metal stuff. And uh, the more evil type stuff. And uh, that's it. I mean, I'm always trying to develop a more kind of like interesting following and just trying to reach out to different niches of people around the world that for whatever reason I wasn't able to be tapping into. It's it's always fun cool. just pulling in a different crowd, you know? You sounded uh, like you were going to say something. What are your favorite bands these days? Uh, favorite bands, I love probably... The new Witch Vomit album, Screams from the Tomb Below, I love playing that in my car. I drive a 98 Chevy Lumina, so that means I love cassettes, because oh. <laughs> that's uh -huh. the only thing I can listen to in my car. I guess I love indie recording stuff like Sarke, anything on that label, Nuclear Blast, Tanker, Destruction, Creator Sodom, although I, I, out of the big four, out of the, the Teutonic four, I like Tankered the best. I mean, Rigor Mortis... I mean, I love that. Sog, that's by one of the singers from Rigor Mortis. He, the dude's from Atlanta, uh -huh. Georgia, and he really puts out some phenomenally killer stuff. Um, probably cool. I'd say the Sog album is one of my favorites, too. And uh, beyond that, I mean, it's just love checking out new metal scenes. Um, I have yet to see the Bulldozer issue, but I mean, it's just I love 
reading through old zines and just yeah feeling like just like if you get like some zines from somebody like a collection somehow and like you just go through the pages mm-hmm. it's just like it, it has a totally different feel to it compared to like looking at something new um there's there's like a real kind of attraction to it that like you don't get that feeling through going through something that's new i mean it's just like the the old world or the old pages or something like that like it, it has a totally different vibe to it do you know what i mean yeah totally yeah the internet changed a lot of things for everyone and it's pretty surreal that um i use the internet a lot to sell tapes that are like the anti-digital the anti they're like from an era when the internet didn't even exist yeah i think about just college radio like it the legends of WMSC, I think about um, some of the metal DJs here at the station. They would actually be dubbing tapes of their broadcasts and sending them out to, like, the West Coast and to, like, even, like, other countries in Europe and things like that. And I think, I know if, I mean, if you think about, like, the worldwide tape trading phenomenon of the 80s, I mean, even, like, hardcore metal fiends from, like, Japan and things like that, Australia, South mm-hmm. America, Mexico. Yeah. Um, it was a really beautiful time, and even with the the technology that was there, um, there there was something really beautiful going on with the attraction worldwide. That that circle of people, just I don't know. I I guess just like making archives of everything you do is just so important. Just because everything should be archived, and it's so difficult to do that now. And then you got to worry about too, like if you have external hard drives. You need to get new external hard drives every so often because one mm-hmm. of these days those things are going to die and that stuff will disappear if you don't have it backed up onto something else. So, Besides that, though, what what are some bands you're really looking forward to seeing at Famine Fest? Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, Funebrarum, um, Ritual Necromancy, uh, Revenge, of course. Of course. I want to see Petrification because I released their stuff and I haven't even met those guys in person yet. So yeah. I'm looking forward to that. And um, who else? Oh, I mean, Nasty Savage is probably going to be savage. It's probably going to be super fun. Lord Gore, of course. Yeah, I think those are the ones. Demons, I've seen Demons see a bunch, but they're always awesome to see. And uh, I've seen Goat, and uh, their bass player, Kevin, is actually a good buddy. So it's going to be fun to see him and see his band play again but Necrot and Gloam are both from the Bay Area but they're like such great bands uh, that you know watching them play is always like so cool um, yeah so there's a lot of there's gonna be a lot of things that I'll, I'll be checking out for sure so like what are some links that people can find your stuff on like is there like a, an official page for the Senient Ruin label yeah so sentient ruin has a website it's sentientruin.com and there's everything you can possibly think of and imagine on there um abstractor is abstractorband.com that's the band's website uh i also play in a uh crust band called atrament and atrament has a band camp page and atrament.bandcamp.com Awesome, man. Final words. Uh, final words. Thank you so much for the interview. It means a lot that 
uh, people have interest in my little label and my bands, you know, for the most part, all of which are pretty obscure, very underground, uh, unpopular, and, you know, unfamous, but, uh, you know, I, I also kind of take pride in all of that because if I think about it closely, how many the the the, the actual music that I like that's that's famous bands isn't that much. Usually, it's all obscure and underground stuff like the one that I released on Sentient Ruin. So, you know, I'm pretty happy at at this point in life with everything. So that's cool. Thanks a lot, man. Do you, do you have any final words? No, that's it for me. Thank you so much to you. Good luck with the uh, with the show, with the radio station. Keep it up, and hopefully we'll cross paths again soon. Until the next time, man. Be safe out there, and have yeah. a killer time performing at Famine Fest. Thank you so much. Take care. Well, that was Mattia from Abstractor. They're playing at this year's Famine Fest. So uh, remember, people, you, you probably want to be uh, looking at a. Uh, festival up it's it's a really really special lineup this year and 